0: What is provisional income? And how does it impact social security? In this show, I'll share with you strategies to help minimize taxes on your social security. I want to help you avoid frustrations in retirement so that you can excel in retirement. Knowing the issues you'll face or are facing will help you excel. All right, here we are for show number eight. I am David Treese and I am your host and I am grateful to have you here for another show. My goal is to distill a couple financial planning ideas that could help you excel in retirement. You can reach me by calling 864-618-4800 or by emailing me at david at clientsexcel.com. If you'd like to get an email notification when a new show comes out, just shoot me an email and we'll make sure you get it. I love being prepared. So normally what that means is when I leave the house, I am carrying some sort of bag with anything I might need while I'm out. And so I like being prepared. And if you have kids, this becomes even more important. Maybe you can relate if you have kids. We got caught one time without an extra diaper for Amelia, and I vowed that that would never happen again because it turned out like you may imagine. We had a one-year-old riding home in her car seat with makeshift clothes on, and she was crying at the top of her lungs. And so in situations like that, i become pretty resolute in what will and won't happen in the future. And so I like to be prepared and I learn lessons very quickly. So, in the vein of being prepared, I want to equip you with information that may impact your Social Security. And this will really help you when you're making decisions about retiring and when to retire and how to draw your retirement savings down efficiently. Once you start receiving or when you're thinking about starting Social Security, The importance of provisional income is very important. So, Social Security, going back in time, started in 1935 under FDR's administration. From 1935 to 1983, Social Security was not taxable. So Ronald Reagan got together with Tip O'Neill. He was the Speaker of the House in the early 80s, and they wanted to make Social Security more solvent for the future. And so what did that mean? That meant higher taxes. And so from 1935 to 1983, it wasn't taxable, but after 1983, Social Security became taxable. So what does that look like today? Today, if you're married and you file your taxes jointly... If you make under $32,000 in taxable income, and we're going to expand on what taxable income is, your Social Security is tax-free if you make under $32,000 per year. So I want to address a quick question, though, and take a, take a rabbit trail here. That comes up sometimes when we're talking about strategies to reduce taxes. Sometimes I'll explain these strategies to reduce taxes in retirement, and someone might say back, Well, David, we should pay taxes. We live in America, and we benefit from the roads and the schools and so forth. I'm always quick to point out that I am not advocating for not paying taxes. I am advocating for paying taxes now, while tax rates are at historic lows on your tax-deferred money. So, have you ever heard of the famous judge named Learned Hand? He lived from 1872 to 1961, and on his Wikipedia page it states that Hand had been quoted more often by legal scholars and by the Supreme Court than any other lower court judge. And it's been said that he was the most famous judge to never be a Supreme Court judge. So I always like learning about history. So Judge Hand gave an interesting speech in 1944, and the title of it was The Spirit of Liberty. And so, if you will, I'd like to read a just a passage from this or a short paragraph from the speech. I thought it was very pertinent for what's going on in society today and with current events that we have going on. So allow me to read a quick paragraph from Judge Hand. When... What, excuse me, what then is the spirit of liberty? I cannot define it. I can only tell you my own faith. The spirit of liberty is a spirit which is not too sure that it is right. The spirit of liberty is a spirit which seeks to understand the minds of other men and women. The spirit of liberty is a spirit which weighs their interest alongside with its own without bias. The spirit of liberty remembers that not even a sparrow falls to the earth unheeded. The spirit of liberty is the spirit of him who is near 2,000 years ago taught mankind that lesson it has never learned, but has never quite forgotten, that there may be a kingdom where the least shall be heard and considered side by side with the greatest. So I'd encourage you just to think about that. And uh, if you type in the spirit of liberty into Google, the whole speech will show up. It's about one page. And uh, it is very interesting. So something to contemplate. So anyhow, he was an intelligent guy, Judge Hand. And here's what he said about taxes. One more quote. Over and over, the courts have said that there is nothing sinister in so arranging affairs as to keep taxes as low as possible. Everyone does it, rich and poor alike, and all do right, for nobody owes any public duty to pay more than the law demands. And so that's what a legal scholar, Judge Hand, has said about taxes. So in other words, there's nothing unethical or immoral about arranging your finances finances in such a way that you pay less taxes than what is required. So going back to provisional income, if you make under $32,000 per year and you're married and file taxes jointly, then your Social Security will be tax-free. And so that's for married filing jointly. If you make between $32,000 and $44,000, then 50% of your Social Security is taxed. If you make more than $44,000, then up to 85% of your Social Security is taxable. Taxable income. We're going to talk about that. If you file your taxes as a single person, you would need to make less than $25,000 for your Social Security to be tax-free. And I'll put a link in the show notes to a website that breaks this down for you where you can look at it visually. We obviously want to keep as much of our money in our pockets as possible, so it's important to understand how provisional income works, and it can be advantageous to arrange our finances and our financial plan in such a way that your Social Security won't be taxed. So how in the world do we do that? We've got to make under $32,000 for it to be taxable. And now before you lose it and say, David, I can't live on $32,000, please stick with me, let me explain. And I've got to tell you that most financial advisors, in my experience, couldn't tell you what provisional income is or why it even matters. But this is really important because every penny matters, or at least it does to me. And we've got to remember the old outage, a penny saved is a penny earned, right? So how do we stay below the provisional income limits? Well, that comes down to figuring out what we're making in Social Security or what we're projected to make in Social Security. And then we look at any other checks we have coming in, like a pension or maybe rental income that you have rolling in each month. If that number is below $32,000 for the year, then your Social Security will be tax-free. But where we see most people blow past the provisional income limits is with their RMDs. Now, RMD stands for your Required Minimum Distributions, and that comes into play when you turn 72 now. Up until this year, if you turned 70 and a half, that's when you had to start taking your RMDs, but Congress changed that this year with the SECURE Act passing in January or going into effect in January. And so when you get to be 72 years old, the IRS says that you have to start drawing money out of your, out of your tax-deferred accounts Because the IRS wants the opportunity to tax that money that has never been taxed. And so this amount will tick up each year. So it'll increase each year. And so the IRS has the opportunity to tax it. And if you've been with us for past shows, then you'll know the first place we want to go in order to reduce our taxes in retirement is we want to begin a strategy or a plan to convert your tax-deferred accounts, first of all, to Roth IRAs. If you're with us for show seven, our last show, you you may remember what financial tool we're going to use for tax-free income after we fully funded our Roth IRAs and done those conversions. We go to the next tool. So, we want to position money in Roth IRAs because that money will come out tax-free and won't count towards provisional income. When you take that money out, it won't trigger you to have to pay more in taxes. And so you may be able to leave enough money in your traditional IRA to keep the RMDs below the provisional income limits. So this is a key. There's there's an appropriate amount of money to leave in your traditional IRA so as to not blow past the provisional income limits. And this isn't just guesswork. There's actually a very sophisticated calculator we use to calculate what this is That will not trigger you to go past the provisional income limits that we need to convert to Roth IRAs and then look for other tax-free vehicles to place money in. So, there's an appropriate amount of money. We have have the software to determine that. And we want to keep perspective about why we're doing this, folks. The perspective is is we know that in America we have $26.4 trillion of debt. And we have historic low tax rates right now. And we cannot continue as a nation with tax rates as low as they are and with our debt as high as it is. At least that's my firm belief. If you start working on it, we can begin to transition your money from tax-deferred accounts to tax-free accounts. We know in 2026, if Congress does nothing, tax rates will increase. Presidential candidate Joe Biden has said this week that he believes or he would like for to roll back the Trump tax cuts of 2018. And so this could be an even more pressing situation if Joe Biden becomes president. So when tax rates increase, this is very important too, when your tax rates increase, your money will evaporate quicker because more of it will be going to taxes. So it's imperative that I, as a financial planner, shout a warning at you And this brings up an interesting point, a distinction that we make between our firm and other firms. We want to look at your whole financial picture from a holistic standpoint. And you may recall the spokes of the bicycle wheel that we spoke about back on show number six. If your investments are growing and we're not mitigating risk when it comes to taxes or your healthcare expenses or any of the spokes on your financial wheel will or not true and working properly and efficiently you could be left with a mess If your financial advisor isn't addressing your healthcare plan, your estate planning, your investment plan, your insurance plan, your income plan, and your taxes, then I would encourage you to find a holistic financial planner who looks at your whole financial picture and not just at one area. Sometimes I see issues in what a client may be doing financially. And if you're not working with finances on a daily basis, sometimes it can be easy for an individual to miss things that stick out to someone like myself who assists clients day in and day out. So if I see a problem with what a client is doing, my integrity demands that I say something. But here's the problem. The client may have, a, for example, a Medicare supplement that they might be saving money on because it's a bare-bones plan, but if something should happen or change with their health, then it would leave them underinsured. It's imperative that we address these situations and make sure that appropriate changes transpire. But some people experience what's called normalcy bias when it comes to potential dangers, We don't, for example, remember when tax rates were higher, or we have a hard time believing tax rates could be 70% like they were in the 1970s. Normalcy bias is a psychology term, and it explains why people underestimate threats. And typically, this is, this uh, this term is associated with natural disasters. For example, there might be a looming storm that's that's gathering, and the clouds might be gathering, and we we might know it's coming, but we just think no big deal, it'll pass, despite the fact that our very life might be in danger. And you just think that it can't get any worse than what you're seeing right there because you've never experienced it, for maybe. So a normalcy bias is defined by inaction. And so in high school Latin, we learned about Mount Vesuvius. And here's an excerpt from an article I read about this, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Mount Vesuvius erupted in 79 AD, burying the Roman city of Pompeii, excuse me, Pompeii and its 16,000 residents and what is considered one of the worst natural disasters ever. In, in hindsight, people uh, could have evacuated the city instead of watching the volcano erupt for hours until it was too late. The situation would have been different if they would have evacuated. The Pompeii tragedy is just one example of of a disastrous event happening, resulting from people's inaction. So if the people, they saw this volcano erupting there in Pompeii, and they just watched it. It was cool. They'd never seen anything like this, I don't guess. And so they had never seen anything like this, so they stood there watching it for hours when they could have been fleeing the area and going somewhere else, but they died in the in the volcano disaster because they just waited too long before they took action. And so I'm afraid some people may have normalcy bias when it comes to our rising tax rate environment. And I've got to admit, I see it frequently. I see people that are just stuck in inaction. But I implore you to begin taking action now while taxes are on sale, and we know that taxes are going up in the near future. And this really goes further. If you have an old 401k over an employer, a money market account over at the bank, and you're not really sure why it's there, maybe you have a brokerage account somewhere, but there's no real plan for how these products work together, these accounts work together, it may be a good idea to find a financial planner who can help you put together a holistic financial plan that looks at your whole picture, not just various financial products and tries to sell you something based on what whatever the, the reason is at the time. And so we want, to, we want to look at your whole picture, not just one area of it. And I would be happy and honored to earn your business and be able to help you with this and to be able to walk alongside you with that. There needs to be object- objectives with what we're trying to achieve. We don't want to just go into the office and say, Well, we want to take 20% of our money and we want to put that in a conservative growth fund. And then with another 20%, maybe 30%, we'll put that in a moderate growth fund. And then with the remaining part, the 60, 50% of that's left over, let's put that in aggressive growth because the market's going up, up, up. No, that's not a plan, folks. We got to have a plan for what we're trying to achieve over a long period of time so that we can plan for a retirement that may last 30, 35, or maybe even 40 years. So we don't reduce our taxes accidentally, though, that's for sure. It takes a well-thought-out financial plan because there are dozens of pitfalls on the road to reducing taxes and developing a well-thought-out financial plan. You need someone to come alongside you to guide you, and I would be honored again to earn your business and be that guide for you. I'd be happy to set some time aside to uh, speak with you about what that may look like, you can go to my calendar by going typing into your browser, excelinretirement.com, and that will redirect you to my calendar. And from there, you can schedule a time to talk, and I'd be happy to, to speak with you and talk about what that may look like. That's our show for today, folks. I really appreciate you listening in. Next week in our show, I will be going over three conflicts you have in your IRA, and I'll share with you how you can get a free book. So be sure to check it out. Talk to you then.
1: Investment advisory services offered only by duly-registered individuals through A.E. Wealth Management, LLC. A.E. Wealth Management and Excel are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Any reference to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the insuring carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet particular needs of an individual situation. Clients XL is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Client's Excel. The use of logos and or trademarks of podcast hosting sites are the property of their respective owners and are not an endorsement by those owners of our firm or our program.